Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood. And as always, joining me this evening, we've got Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. Gentlemen, what is up? Yeah, man. Today's my Friday. I uh, head down to Florida for a conference Thursday and Friday. So uh, today was my last day of the official work week. So nice. I'm feeling pretty, pretty happy about that. Nice. Uh, and, and Will, what, you're having a good week? Yeah, today is not my Friday, uh, but I'm here in Chicago where Ryan makes his home, uh, but I'm in a hotel room with a little bit of complicated uh, like audio situation, but we should be all right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. I'm way out in the northern suburbs, so for us to get together for the podcast, it was going to be a bit of a challenge. You basically I, live in Milwaukee. And I kind of live in Milwaukee, yeah. How about that for you Chicago listeners? <laughs> but I have some, some great news, gentlemen. We have our first official sponsor for the show. So I thought I'd kick out the show with this big news. Any guesses who that might be? Trey Barrett. Man, I am so excited that Angels Envy, the bourbon of champions, decided to finally sponsor us. Please, please tell me that it's Angels Envy. Uh, no, I'm, I'm afraid uh, not. No. Will, what, what about you? <laughs> My guess is Devil's Envy. Found at the nearest truck stop by you. <laughs> That's like the uh, you know the, the 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 truck driver with his with his moonshine that you uh, you buy and that's that's the devil's envy, right? Yeah, you don't want it, but you're getting it anyway. Shout but out to all our, our all our listeners that drive uh, drive trucks for a living, and hopefully we we haven't lost you. <laughs> um, no, guys, our sponsor is Fantasy Gambit. Fantasy Gambit is this cool new app that searches fantasy podcasts for takes on players you care about, sorts those takes by player, so you can quickly find and listen to what fantasy analysts say about your team. Uh, like, guys, Trey, how many podcasts do you listen to? How many do you subscribe to? Like Dynasty, fantasy podcast, a ton, right? Yeah, I've got about 10 or 12 that are on my regular rotation. I don't always get to them each and every week, but there's quite a few. There's a lot to get to. And it's hard to keep up with those podcasts. Uh, and sometimes you, you hear about a player and you just want to know about that player, what, what's, what the buzz is on this player. So with the Fantasy Gambit app, all you have to do is select which players you want to follow. And whenever a podcast that's sponsored by Fantasy Gambit talks about those players, you'll have a new audio clip available and ready to listen to in your feed. So for example, a lot of podcasts this week I've heard talk about DJ Moore. Uh, the incoming wide receiver. He's going to be a rookie wide receiver. He played for Maryland. And maybe you're super intrigued by this guy. Um, what you do is you start to follow him on fantasy, the Fantasy Gambit app. And then when we, the Fantasy Joes, talk about his performance at the upcoming NFL Combine, you'll be able to open up the Fantasy Gambit app and press play on the new audio clip in your feed and hear what the Joes had to say. And not just us, but other great fantasy football podcasts as well. It's very cool. Fantasy Gambit is currently looking for beta users to give feedback on what they think about the app. And in exchange for being a beta user, you'll be giving free early access to Fantasy Gambit on July 1st. Right in time, the perfect time to have the app to help you prepare for all your redraft leagues. I hope you guys are excited. We're excited about it. Our first sponsor, it's awesome. 
Go to FantasyGambit.com and sign up to see a demo of the app today. That's FantasyGambit.com, F-A-N-T-A-S-Y-G-A-M-B-I-T.com. And it's going to be in the show notes in the description of the show. So all you got to do is open that up and click on it and go right there. Check out the demo video. I think you're going to be really blown away by it. It's a very cool app. It's our sponsor, Fantasy Gambit. We got some other big news, don't we, Trey? We do have some great news. We are launching a listener survey. And um, some of you have already completed this, but we're going to be putting it out. Um, a little bit of mass media. It's going to be posted to our uh, official Fantasy Joe's Twitter account. And we're also going to post a link to the survey in the um, show notes, uh, description of the show. So if you wouldn't mind, we would really love your feedback. It's an open-ended survey. There's an opportunity for you to share with us what you like and dislike about podcasts in general, about our podcast. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we do this because, one, it's fun, and uh, we really enjoy talking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. But we really want to be able to provide to the listeners what it is that you're wanting to hear. So we would absolutely love for you to throw some feedback our way. It is uh, greatly appreciated. Yes, please. Uh, if you want to send us a Valentine, don't worry about sending us a Valentine. Just fill out the survey. That's what we want. And the other thing we want is for you to review the show, whether you listen to us on iTunes or Google play or Stitcher or, or other fine, uh, podcast service, please go on there and, and uh, rate review the show. It's really important to us. We're going to give you a little incentive. You've probably seen our hot new logo that we have. We want um, to give Ooh. you a free t-shirt. So for the first 10 reviews that we have of the show, when you let us know about it, you'll get a free fantasy Joe's t-shirt. We've already given away some of these t-shirts. So this is your chance. If you want a fantasy Joe's t-shirt, do it, rate the show, write us a review, let us know about it. You can tweet it to us. You can send us an email, thefantasyjoes at gmail.com, and let us know. We really appreciate that as well. And for our, for our 200th five-star review, we'll be giving away a Fantasy Joes team fathead. So you can have Ryan, Trey, and Will in your bedroom every night of the week. That's also a great prize to give to the, the last place uh, team in your fantasy league. So if, if someone is last place... You can send whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is Valentine's Day. This is all about love. Oh, and there isn't anything else besides talking to you fellas that makes me think about love more than that. Let's continue the theme of love with our next segment. And we're calling that segment Dynasty Crushes. <laughs> now, I want all of you, like, like, so the three of us were happily married men, right? But there was a time when we were not attached to our, the fine women in our lives. And we're, what we're going to do is we're going to get in our DeLorean that goes back in time. And we're going to go back in time. We're going to think about those times when we were in high school and college and we had these crushes. Um, and we are going to directly correlate the crushes that we used to have with players that we want to have for our dynasty teams or, or that, we kind of, that we crush on. A quick little tidbit here. The fantasy DeLorean is Christine Michael. He was a great idea. He had great potential, but it failed miserably. The Lorian, the all steel card. You know, no, you guys aren't on board with this. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm on board. I just, I guess, I just need more explanation. So, so it's actually a player. So who is who's Marty, and then who's who's Doc? No, the Delorean's the car, right? It's just always going. Yeah, like 
Christine Michael is going to be so good, just like a DeLorean. Nobody really bought one, but everybody kind of thought they were cool. <laughs> and then when you got one, you're like, why do I even have this? It's ruining my life. So. <laughs> my fantasy right. DeLorean is Chris. Anyway. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I love it. Okay. So the first category of Dynasty Crush we have, gentlemen, is Nerdy Girl. You know who that girl is. She's the girl that doesn't look so hot, but when she takes down her hair and takes off those glasses, look out. She is smoking. So this is the player that they may not look so hot right now, but if their situation changes, if something changes about this player, they're going to be that hot nerdy girl that, that puts her hair down and takes off her glasses. So, so Trey, did you, did you have one of those in your life at one time? And what player correlates to the nerdy girl for you? Well, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. Um, you know, my wife's in the other room with the kids and, uh, I'm going to just jump right into the player that correlates for me. And that is, uh, one Dante Moncrief. I know nobody out there right now is hearing that name and getting excited except for Ryan, who I think still owns him in league of ballers. Love Moncrief. So, but Dante Moncrief is a guy, he's been in the league for four years now, and he just never has been able to quite put it together. He's had struggles with health. His quarterback, I think that, uh, by the way, is one of the greatest uh, follows on Twitter, if you're not following along. Um, so Andrew Luck has uh, not been the picture of health um, in the recent past. So these guys just have never really both been healthy for an entire season. And he's going into his fifth year. There's a little bit of uncertainty as to whether or not he's going to be in Indianapolis this coming year. But I believe that this is a guy who is incredibly talent. He's got the size, the breakout age, his measurables. I mean, if you, um, you know, kind of going back, we've not referred to this website in a while, but player profiler, uh, if you look on player profiler, the numbers for Dante Moncrief are incredible. So I think that he – and I, I want to say his comp, NFL comp, was Andre Johnston. So, I, I mean, this is a guy who I think you can purchase right now for probably an early second. I'd start – if you have any mid-seconds, I would start by offering a mid-second. Um, he is a guy literally who has top 24 wide receiver upside and, and maybe even top 12 to 15 wide receiver upside. He's a guy I believe in, and uh, I think that – you can find a deal out there for Dante Moncrief. Hey, Trey, are you more excited about Moncrief if he goes back to the Colts? Let's say Andrew Luck is right. If he goes back to the Colts, or would you rather see him go someplace else and get a different opportunity? No, I, I would be, I would, I think it's always beneficial when a player stays with the team that they are currently with. Um, and, and I think part of that is that Andrew Luck is a great quarterback if he can get healthy. And with T.Y. Hilton there on the other side, I mean, he's shown to be a huge uh, favorite target of Andrew Luck in the red zone. So um, I think that it would be great for him to stay there. If he does go on to another team, I think that there's a little more risk involved in that. But again, the fact that he is a free agent might even make the current owner of Dante Moncrief more inclined. I mean, this likely whoever owns Moncrief has owned him for a couple years, maybe his entire career and could be pretty fed up with him. So uh, you may be able to get him on the cheap. Yeah, and ESPN has uh, reported about a week ago that Moncrief is open to returning to the Colts on a one-year deal, kind of a prove-it deal, which would be interesting. Will, I mean, 
We could meet back up at like AP Chemistry. <laughs> you and Dante Moncrief. <laughs> That's right. The with the chemistry between Moncrief uh, and us, uh, the, the sparks might just fly. Oh, man, I'm getting hot and bothered. Well, what, what about what about your nerdy girl dynasty crush? Well, I like to call this one my uh, I like to call him my roto librarian because you may think he's nerdy, oh, but you just wait. Uh, and so I'm going to give you. I'm just going to say it right away. His his name is Doug. His name is Doug Baldwin. And I know what you're thinking. He's been there. He's he's been all over the place. He's he's you know, he was sexy. He was all, he was everything you wanted in, in a wide receiver, but he's kind of gone, you know, he's kind of been overshadowed. And one with a name like Doug, how can it not be the nerdy girl of of this this segment here? I do, I do want there, so I, I pulled up some things and I was looking at it, his history, because you all remember that historic run, the fantasy championships that he won a couple years ago. And he just missed a thousand yards receiving this year by nine yards, but still at eight TDs. He's been an incredible you know, producer year over year. And I know he's had ups and downs and he hasn't been the most stable player throughout the whole time, but I want you to pay attention to what's going to happen with the Seahawks. Their defense is going to get worse. Uh, we're talking about uh, Sherman is getting old towards Achilles. He's getting expensive. Their, their cap is going to be there. I mean, they're going to have to make some big choices. Graham is probably going to be gone. I think Richardson's going to be gone. Tyler Lockett. I mean, is Tyler Lockett even going to play ever again for reals? I mean, I'm kidding. He, of course he is. But he tends to get hurt quite often. I think you're going to watch Doug Baldwin come back to the dominant receiver there on the Seahawks, and he's going to be a target monster. They're going to be playing for more, more from behind because their defense is going to get worse. They can't afford their defense anymore. And in all honesty, they're on the, they're on the downswing as far as the team. They're, they're good players that were cheap and are now expensive, and they're going to have to have a couple of rebuilding years. And what that works out well for is – and this is, you know – a little bit of speculation, but when you talk about game scripts, you want negative game scripts when you have a receiver on a team like that. You want Russell Wilson throwing bombs to Doug Baldwin for touchdowns. And I think next year you're going to see him have a resurgence, and he's going to be that guy that you're like, oh, I didn't even think about him. You know, I didn't think I wasn't even, you know, I didn't think he was going to do anything. And he's going to end up as, you know, a top eight wide receiver or something like that out of the blue. And so that's why for him, uh, I really like Doug Baldwin as far as he is my nerdy girl for valentine's day because i think people have discounted him but he is still beautiful mm-hmm. and, and will is is doug baldwin has he been like one of your nerdy girl crushes for a while or is this just a guy that over the past couple of years you've looked at and thought or this past year and and we're like oh yeah 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 there's something hot underneath those glasses and, and, and that, that you know hair that isn't pulled down well, he, i think what contributed to is he was last year and i was ready for for him to just continue this ascension into this antonio brown-esque player and he's not going to be that i've accepted that but that's part of it he's somebody who's maybe disappointed you maybe his personality wasn't as good as you thought if you started talking to him and so now you know he is super smart and he's going to be super valuable but at the end of the day he's not going to be the one you're taking to the club he's just gonna be the one you're winning fantasy championships with yeah and i, I like that i mean you know his his adp the, I, I i don't have the february adp but january adp was 35 according to dlf so that's uh that that's that's pretty pretty good it's pretty pretty good value and the other part i didn't mention too is he's basically uncuttable and nobody's going to take on a salary yeah with his cap you would have in there uh he he's it's just too much like if they caught him they'd still have a dead a dead uh a dead cap hit of 6.3 million so and this year 
uh, if they if they cut him before this season, his dead cap it would be just under 14. So they're not going to get rid of Doug Baldwin. He's going to be around. So my nerdy girl, gentlemen, plays for the Omega Moose of the NFL. You guys ever see, uh, hopefully our listeners know the reference. If you don't, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Remember the, the Moose? Uh, well, so the Omega Moose of the NFL are the Cleveland Browns, and Duke Johnson is my nerdy girl. Um, and, and I think basically there are two things that make him a nerdy girl. Um, despite his, his breakout year last year, despite the fact that he was the RB11 overall in, in PPR, fourth in targets, fourth in receptions, he plays for Cleveland, and all the, the mock drafts you see are half of them have Saquon Barkley going to Cleveland. So the thinking is, okay, Saquon Barkley goes to Cleveland. Man, Duke Johnson's done. But number one, there are no guarantees that Saquon Barkley goes to Cleveland. And number two, I mean, this guy, it, it's, if you just look at his numbers, it's, it's hard to be excited about him. Um, 24 years old, entering his prime, coming off this breakout year. There's this really great column on, on DLF by Justin Bales, at Bales S. Justin. And it, it's about Duke Johnson's efficiency. So this column came out three weeks ago. Listen to this, quote, he posted a tremendous 79.6% catch rate, which was 22.7% higher than the next player who had more than 30 targets. His receiving efficiency was rather impressive when dealing with quarterbacks who combined for just a 54.4% completion percentage and a 2.6% touchdown rate. So I think he's extremely efficient. He's been underused. He could theoretically get used more over the years. Even if Saquon comes to town, he is an unrestricted free agent um, in 2019. So I like Duke Johnson. I'm in a startup draft right now. He went 68th overall, the RB27. And I got, and this is a PPR league, and I got the RB11 last year, uh, Duke Johnson. So yes, there's a little bit of risk here. But, um, you know, I, I think you, you should inquire about Duke Johnson. And, and even if he – even if Saquon goes to Cleveland, I think he, he would be a good guy to, um, you know, ask about because I, I, I think he's intriguing and I think he's just entering his prime. So my nerdy girl, Duke Johnson. I see Duke Johnson and not to just, not just hate on your take, but I see Hugh Jackson is Duke Johnson's father that comes out and slashes your tires for no reason. That's true. <laughs> that, that is, is the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that is true, but uh, you know when, when you got like love, like Duke and I have for each other, you you just can't stop that love. It, it doesn't matter. You, the Duke's just going to keep sneaking out the window onto my fantasy roster, and you know bringing me a championship next year. Ooh, there you go, Duke Johnson on seventy five percent of all <laughs> fantasy championship teams next season. Well, I, I love Duke Johnson. I'm terrified though of the Browns. After yeah. being in Dynasty for a few, a, a few years here, I, I just, oof. I wanted to make a joke about uh, Moncrief signing with the Browns and say that he's going to go from uh, Dante Moncrief to Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the thing. That's why he's a Dynasty nerd, right? Because they really are the Omega Moos of the NFL. Um, let's get into our Cougars. You know, we're talking about our, our Demi Moores, our Sharon Stones, our Robin Wrights. Um, these are, of course, older NFL players that we're, we're still crushing on, right? We still think there's, uh, there's something left in the tank. Even though they're older, they're quite attractive dynasty assets. So, Trey, who is your dynasty cougar crush? I'd probably have to say Demi Moore. I mean, Ooh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. We're talking about fantasy football. Um, it's You're in your target it's- range, though. Ashton Kutcher is younger than you. Oh, it's very true. I'm old enough to be Ashton Kutcher's father, basically. 
So I, I'm going to go with Larry Fitzgerald here. And <clears throat> for me, this is just too easy. Larry Fitzgerald is going to be um, 35 years old at the start of next season. However, Larry Fitzgerald has just strung together three consecutive seasons of over 100 catches and over 1,000 yards. He is the epitome of a, a workhorse wide receiver. He has changed his game. He's transitioned into the slot, and he's become a PPR dynamo. And so I know that there's a risk right now to go out and acquire Larry Fitzgerald. There is the possibility that he retires and, and does not play next season. But I believe that there's a, a good opportunity that Arizona sees that they have Larry, that they are getting David Johnson back. And I think that there is a window there where they feel like that they can field a competitive team. They have a, a good core on defense and some, some good young receivers. And so I think that they're going to be active in the free agent market. I put in our show notes like Kirk Cousins uh, gets signed to Arizona for uh, signed to a long-term deal. I don't know that I believe that. I, I don't know that Kirk Cousins ends up there, but I do believe that um, Larry Fitzgerald has one more year in him, but Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, he, he, I think he was wide receiver seven or eight last year in full PPR. So the, the numbers that he's going to put up, even though it's only one more year um, is incredible. Yeah. I love Larry Fitzgerald. There's only one problem. I'm worried about this. He just won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, him and his partner, on Sunday. So he's going to get in his head. I'm good at golf. You know, it's time to transition and become a professional golfer. What do you think of that? Heard some Dan Patrick interviews, and I don't think Larry Fitz is ready to give up football yet. Yeah. I think Gerald is putting on his sexiest outfit. He's putting on the Larry Fitzgerald top-of-the-line lingerie so that he can go get himself a young buck in Kirk Cousins. Oh, that's, that's not like a good visual. I mean, I mean, he obviously has an incredible body, but I don't know that our listeners want to be thinking about Larry Fitzgerald and lingerie, Trey, or, or Will. <laughs> yeah, Trey. I think, that, uh, I, think, I think Minnesota's got a, a lot more in the lingerie department to offer than uh, what Arizona does right now, and I think it's going to be I very would. difficult for – but, if I mean, if Arizona were to sign Kirk Cousins, man – you, if you if that signing happens and you haven't bought Larry Fitzgerald, it's not going to happen. He's not going to he's not going to be able to be obtained for a relatively reasonable price if that takes place. Yeah, I was no, just going to hold that hope too, too that he comes back. Larry Fitzgerald comes back to Minnesota. He's from here. Well, Minnesota that is. I'm in Chicago tonight, but he he was he was born and raised in Minnesota. He went to like Hopkins High School. He almost went to Iowa for goodness sakes. He went to Pittsburgh and then became a success. But anyway, there are guys blocking him though to playing like Thielen, Diggs, Treadwell. I mean, he, he doesn't have a spot on the team. He's not going to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's what's, <laughs> a, what's the other guy uh, who came from Arizona? DUI got in trouble for drinking too much kombucha tea. Yeah, Michael I, Floyd. Michael Floyd. Yeah, I was Michael thinking DUI. DUI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with that stacked wide receiver three competition of Laquan Treadwell and Michael Floyd. Oof. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but let's let's move on to uh, some other Cougars. Will, what do you got? Whew. Well, my Cougar uh, is it's, it's Eric Decker. I'm just going to give the name right away because I want you to know why I love Eric Decker 
and why I still think he's fantasy relevant. So I made a move last year for Eric Decker. We talked about him on the podcast too. That was a big mistake. I was wrong. He had, he had come off a good game. He had had eight catches. He had had a, a good amount of targets. Uh, but he had a terrible year. And I want to just bring it back for a second. I just want to bring it back for a second that it was, I, th- I think a lot of that happened because of the Titans offense, because it was horrible. And I literally think it couldn't get any worse. He's going to, he, he is a free agent. Uh, the Titans had a total of 14 passing touchdowns, 14 in 2016. They had 29. So this offense that he was on took a massive step back. They were terrible. You know, every Titan you're on, you were disappointed in besides Delaney Walker. But let's get back to Eric Decker and get away from those tricky Titans. So he lost a year to a shoulder injury in 2016. Uh, and then after that, you know, he came to the Titans uh, and I was going there. And so I was also writing off, you know, most of the 2017 due to a situation. But if you look at his years prior to the injury in 2016, and I know this is going back two years, but this is what makes him the Cougar. Specifically getting rid of his rookie year from 2011 to 2015, he averaged 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. We're talking, I mean, we're talking, we are, we are a little way away from this. We're three years, we're going to be three years removed from the start of the season next year. But this is not average wide receiver production. This is elite star wide receiver production. And he's going to go somewhere different, and it could be hard to pick up. There are some risks. You take some risks when you want a Cougar. And this is what you want to see. I would love to see him move over a team where he can have a bigger impact. So that is why Eric Decker is my fantasy Cougar. All right, I like it. Uh, is there a strong chance that he stays in, in you know, Tennessee on a team-friendly deal? Because isn't his wife a, a country music star? So doesn't he want to stay there? I thought, I thought about that when I was writing it. And I just, I just don't know. Because it's like, what if he goes to Carolina? Or what you know, or somebody who needs a nice secure target. I was actually when I was picturing this, I was like, what if he goes to the Cowboys? And I know the Cowboys don't have a capper. I feel like the Cowboys are always this like fun fantasy destination because they're such a, a spectacular. They're, they're not they're not a spectacular team, but they're they're always in the limelight. Uh, also, looking at other potential destinations that he could go to, I, I didn't really have a lot of good ones, but I would also like to see uh, what if he took over. Like, what if he signed a nice, like, team-friendly deal for, like, the Packers or something like that? Uh, after, if they, let, if they let go of, uh, not Jordy, but the but Randall Cobb. And, uh, I don't know. It, it, long, long story short, I think Eric Decker still has one to two years of elite production left. He wasn't that far off as far as production numbers go. Well, Larry Fitzgerald was during those years. And it's a long shot. He's going to be super cheap. But just don't discount, don't forget about him. Yeah, d- definitely uh, a guy that you can get cheap and not, again, I have to forget about because yeah, if, if he comes back and it pr- can produce, we know he can put up big numbers. Also, uh, maybe not so much breaking news for those into pop culture, but apparently his wife is pregnant. She's an expectant mom, so I wonder if that uh, you know weighs into his decision as well. But it, but it's interesting, and you wouldn't have to pay much. You know, you, you don't lose a lot if you acquire Decker and it doesn't work out. Um, I'm just going to quickly hit on a couple of my Cougars. I couldn't pick just one. I, I, I love I love the Cougars, wow. so I am uh, I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with um, guys that are about the same. You know, you can pick up at the same price too. Julian Edelman and Pierre Garçon. Um, these guys, so Julian Edelman, Pierre Garçon. These guys have been relevant in the not so distant past. If you think about it, you know Edelman was out for the year. Um, Pierre Garçon was out, lost for the year, and they're coming back to good situations. I think Edelman's going to step back into that role where he's got that connection with Tom Brady. We think Tom Brady's coming back, um, uh, and Pierre Garçon is stepping into that offense with Jimmy G at the helm. 
for the first time. So just looking back at the 2016 fantasy season, let's remember Julian Edelman, 14th wide receiver overall in PPR leagues. Pierre Garçon, 22nd overall in PPR leagues in 2016. Uh, the Dynasty Trade Calculator has them valued both at mid-seconds and a 12-team PPR league. So I think that if you are a contending team and you've got a mid-second and um, you know, you're know you on the clock and someone wants to trade into that pick or even a late second, you know, because d- during these rookie drafts, people get excited. You could probably acquire those guys for maybe late second. Um, and, and I think they're worth it. I, I think that, you know, I think they're, I believe they're both 32, so they don't have a, a, a ton of gas left in the tank. But they could be, uh, you know, a, a, a bit of a difference maker on your team. They could, they could really help you uh, win some of those weeks uh, from the flex position. So Julian Edelman and Pierre Garçon are my Cougars. I'm a little bit worried about Garçon's neck injury. That's the only thing. And I was also going to say for uh, Eric Decker, Raiders. Should I channel my inner Chris Berman? The Raiders. He's going to paint his whole – he's going to do the big, like, black triangles down his face. It's going to be incredible. Anyway, but no, uh, Garcon's neck injury injury. I think Edelman's a perfect choice here. He's such a coog. So, guys, let's, let's move into the friend zone. You know, that girl that everyone else is into, um, but, you know, we're just not um, – I think back to Secret Admirer, the movie that came out in the 80s. You remember Lori Laughlin's character? I believe her name was Tony. And C. Thomas Howell's character, just Tony was was gorgeous. I mean, Lori Laughlin, if you don't know who she is, she was on um, um, Help Me Out. Um, man, I blank with my pop culture stuff. Full House. She was Jesse's wife on Full House. Lori Laughlin, she's gorgeous. She's hot. She's a cougar, frankly. Um, but this was a character that he just you know, couldn't get into. And of course, you know, he was into Kelly Preston, that character who was also extremely gorgeous. So I, I get it, but it's somebody that everyone else loves that, that we're just not into. It's the friend zone. So Trey, who is your, uh, your friend zone dynasty crush or, or not so much dynasty crush. You know, it's kind of funny because <clears throat> this, this gentleman, his rookie year, I was into him and I, I was on him in uh, redraft league that year I took him and uh, he, he did quite well there in New Orleans but he has since moved on to New England and uh, he's, a, he's a guy I've been down on the last couple years um, and I'm talking about Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks currently I looked up uh, on several different rankings uh, from a dynasty perspective and he's anywhere from wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 13 kind of a consensus of right around 11, which is where his current ADP sits. The January um, PPR ADP at DLF had him at wide receiver 11 overall. And so, I, you know, I think that the, the concerns are that his uh, receptions, his receiving yards, and his touchdowns all went down with the move to New England. And you could say, well, it was his first season playing there with Tom Brady. But, you know, you just mentioned a name, Ryan, that is going to factor heavily into – Cook's potential next season, and that's Julian Edelman. Yeah, um, he's the key cog of that offense, really. Um, and it, so, even with Edelman out this year and Gronk missing a, a couple games, Brandon Cook still has, saw his production. Now, I'm not saying that he's terrible, but my problem with Brandon Cooks has always been not just uh, that he doesn't usually perform up to the level of where he's drafted, but his his boom bust rate is so great. This past season. 
he only uh, had more than 90 yards receiving three times. Whereas uh, on kind of the flip side, he had less than 40 yards six times this year in 16 games. He had six games of less than 40 yards. Uh, The guys that are taken behind him directly. I mean, there's four guys that are four of the five guys that are taking immediately behind him in January dynasty ADP Tyree kill, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, and Jarvis Landry. I mean, I would take every single one of those guys over Brandon Cooks without even thinking twice. So uh, I'm just not – I'm not into Brandon Cooks. I don't believe in full PPR that he provides me the level of consistency that I like at the wide receiver position, and the production honestly just isn't there. Yeah, I think I like it. And, and I think people at Trey are starting to come around. I think – you know, I, I predict as um, – as February ADP comes out, March ADP, he's going to start to slide down those ranks in a startup draft that I'm in that I refer to PPR league. Um, Diggs, Landry, and Tyreek Hill all went just ahead of Cooks. So, so yeah, I, I think people are, are wising up to that. And I, and I agree with you. I, I think, um, yeah, if you own him, you definitely have to – you know, I, I'm not comfortable with him as my, my wide receiver one. You've got to pair him with somebody because he does have that boom-bust potential. So, and it will be interesting to see how Edelman coming back impacts him for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, will, any, any thoughts on, uh, on Cooks? Or, or is he in the friend zone for you? Or, or do you like him on your dynasty teams? I, I, I do. I, I have a hard time putting him straight in the friend zone because it's that first year on a new team. And it's just rare for a receiver to go full hand in that first year. It's And looking over what he does and even – I don't know. He's had it's that boom bust thing. It's because I've owned, I own Brandon Cooks in a couple spots, and man, he is. I feel like he almost friend zones you. Like you fall in love with Brandon Cooks, and you're like, oh, he's 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 not even 25 yet. He's going to turn 25 in 2018. He's had all this production. He's had 3,000 yard seasons. He's going to just crush it for me, and then you're going to lose weeks because of him. So I feel I, I do. So I agree. I love the take of him being in the friend zone because not only do you friend zone him, if you pick him up and you get fall in love with him, he friend zones you. Yeah, and, and that's one. You know, one of the things I didn't even mention. I, I think I intended to is that uh, I really am beginning to suspect that this could be a curtain call season for Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and maybe even Rob Gronkowski. So I do think that the likelihood that Brady and Belichick are there more than two more years um, is, is, you know, not very good. So I do worry about the, the change happening. I know that's down the road a little bit, um, but I just am not ready to, you know, take him in that range. He, he just isn't, isn't producing at the level that, that I'd like to see him produce um, at that with, for that kind of draft capital. So for me, friend zone, I'll make this quick guys. It's Devin Funchess. I, I tend to think that the opportunity he got last year was tied directly to Greg Olson breaking or, or being out, excuse me, directly to Greg Olson being out for extended time. So if you look at weeks two through 13, he averaged eight targets a game. This is Devin Funches, eight targets a game weeks two through 13, but weeks 15, 16, 17 in the playoffs, only 5.5 targets a game. I know that's a very small sample size, but think about this. You've got Olson coming back. You've got a growing role for Chris Samuel on the offense, so they drafted very high in 2017. And I'm looking at a lot of NFL mock drafts. They're showing guys like Christian Kirk or or Michael Gallup potentially going to the Carolina Panthers. 
I see Funchess getting fewer targets. I've never been a huge fan of Devin Funchess, and he kind of had his breakout year last year. But what I'm saying is not so fast, my friends, to channel my inner league course. So I don't know that I would go all in on Devin Funchess where he's being valued. Not, not that I don't think he has some value in, in, in fantasy football and dynasty, but I, I don't know that I think he's this unbelievable dynasty asset personally with all those factors. But I'm curious to hear what you think about this, Trey, because you're the resident Carolina Panthers fan, um, at, at least as one of your teams, next to the Cleveland Browns. So what do you think? No, I agree. And actually, uh, you know, just a little bit of a tease, Curtis Samuel was in serious consideration uh, for me for one of our uh, crushes that we're going to get to here in just a little bit. So I like that take a lot. I think that um, – I think you're going to see Carolina continue to use another running back along with Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey – and Curtis Samuel both are going to be big, big parts of the receiving game there. Um, I think Greg Olson will continue to be used. And so I don't think that Devin Funches is going to be able to maintain. I think he is an excellent sell-high candidate this offseason. Um, it's not that he doesn't have some talent, but uh, I think that he's a little overvalued right now. So I'm with you 100%. Well, Devin Funches in the friend zone for you? Yeah, I want to I want to give the counterpoint here. I really do, but I just can't. Uh, it's hard to like. It, it, it it's going to be a lot of recency bias just in this one play. That play that he missed that touchdown on against the Saints, where he could have taken a step forward and caught that. I'm just saying, somebody who makes it out of the friend zone catches that ball. <laughs> That's right. And what about you? Well, you've not mentioned your uh, your friend zone dynasty crush. So I really wanted to go Derrick Henry here, but we've talked about him. And he's kind of a – he's it literally he's like the dead horse of, of the fantasy community as far as how much he gets talked about all the time. Is that a horse? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> we need our farmer to do a horse noise. Trey, pull me out. Throw me, throw me a lifeline here. <laughs> There you go. I think Will got it pretty good there. You didn't even know if it was me because I don't have video on it. No, anyway. Derrick Henry, dead donkey. Move, move along. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to talk about Derrick Henry, but we got there. Uh, mine has, mine's actually Stefan Diggs. I've, I've owned him in a couple uh, dynasty leagues and ended up moving him because he shows up on a lot of, of dynasty rankings super, super high. And I don't know what it is because he, I mean, he, he always has a soft tissue into, in, injuries year after year. And it worries me a lot. And as a you know newfound and huge Vikings fan, you think I'd be all about Stefan Diggs, and I'd be trying to acquire him everywhere. But I just cannot get over the friend zone. I'll take him if he's a great value in the dynasty startup drafts. That doesn't bother me. Uh, but he's 24, athletic. He's a great receiver. He runs great routes. He had one of the greatest plays of the year uh, this year against the Saints. But I just can't wrap my head around paying up for Stefan Diggs. I can't, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's, I think it goes back to the injuries. I think it's just that you haven't seen that full on league winning wide receiver breakout year because he did, he hasn't like turned it on in the playoffs for the fantasy season or he hasn't, you know, he, he's hurt you quite often during the season and he could turn it around very easily. He's so young. He's so fast. He runs such good routes. But at this point in time, like, if he, if he asked me to the, to the dance, I'm going to say, huh, sorry, I already got a date, and I might not even have one. Yeah, I think Diggs is, is kind of a guy that, that's a hold for me because there is the potential there. If he, if he could just stay healthy, oh, 
he, he could be an amazing dynasty asset, but I think you have to make sure that on the teams you have him, you kind of pair him with a guy in your lineup, like a, like a steady presence, like a Larry Fitzgerald, for example. So he doesn't totally destroy your team on a given week or when he's out for three weeks. Uh, Trey, what do you think? Well, you guys know, and, and this is another guy that I almost put under one of the other categories we have coming up here because I was all aboard the Stefan Diggs um, season three, year three uh, breakout last off season and was acquiring him and uh, even kind of regretfully uh, didn't acquire him in as many places as I potentially could have. There were a couple deals that fell apart at the last minute and I was a little disappointed. Um, the, the key for Stefan Diggs is he's got to stay healthy. I did a little bit of research, a little digging. He's one of the guys I've dug into a little deeper than most dynasty players because I was just really curious. He started off as the wide receiver one after I think two, three, four weeks, somewhere early in the, in the young NFL season, he was the wide receiver one. Um, and so I, I started looking at a little bit of film on the Vikings. And what's interesting to me is there were so many plays where Stefan Diggs was wide open and Case Keenum just went to Adam Thielen. Um, Adam Thielen just became Case Keenum's security blanket and Stephon Diggs was getting open across the middle. He's getting open on deep routes. Um, There's some uh, stats that just came out recently that uh, showed that Stephon Diggs was number one in the NFL in uh, tight window catches this past season. So I think that he's made some incredible progressions. He showed what he can be when he stays healthy. Uh, and I just looked it up. So right now, Stefan Diggs in uh, full PPR ADP for the month of January was uh, taken at pick 26. So you're talking about at the top of the third round there. So, you know, you're getting a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or OBJ at the uh, top of the first round. And you're coming around to the end of the second round and, and, and going with kind of whatever your preference is there. So, for me, to be able to add Stephon Diggs as your wide receiver two or potentially your wide receiver three um, on a dynasty team, I mean, man, that sign me up. I, I would not feel comfortable with Stephon Diggs as my wide receiver one. But um, if there's anybody that's kind of given up on him, I would be more than willing. Um, other than the 101, I think I would give any of this year's first-round picks for Stephon Diggs pretty, pretty willingly. So that's interesting. So, Will, what about you? What would be the highest rookie pick you would get for Diggs? Let's say you did, you wanted to grab him just because you're a fan of nothing else. How high would you go? I think I think I think I'd be willing to go uh, one or three or four. I just think, I, I, even though I'm a big touter of Leonard Fournette, I do think Darius Guys is he's just so gall gall darn it intriguing. So yeah, yeah, guys says guys says we'll talk about guys more future at this point too before the before the combine and draft. That's where my comfort zone is, is the 103 to 104 for Diggs. Very good. Guys, let's move on to our next category. And I, and I want to lead it off if I can. This is missed connections, a la Craigslist, right? Missed connections. So for me, I saw you there on my rookie draft board in, in 2017 rookie drafts. I was intrigued by your breakout age, but you played for the USC Trojans. They didn't have the best track record with wide receivers. And you were drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was worried about how you were a little bit buried on the depth chart. So I, I didn't take you anywhere. Oh, but, but Juju Smith-Schuster, man, you, you came on strong. And, and I, I just I want to I wanna grab you for my teams. I want to I wanna get you on my roster. Um, and and for, for me, guys, it, it should have been obvious because I, I think when you, we overthink this sometimes when we're going into our rookie drafts. 
Um, you know, that breakout age and how early he was drafted should have been like, those are two key indicators. Um, Anthony Amico and Rotoviz wrote this, the importance of age column. And, you know, the argument he makes is that you just need to look at, at a player's age. If they, if they break out at an early age and they're in a younger age when they go into the league and they're drafted in the first couple of rounds, they're probably going to hit. So since 2000 guys, 21 year olds picked in the first two rounds in the first two seasons, over half of them produced at least one top 24 or better PPR season in their first two years. So think about that for a second. If a guy is 21 years old or younger in the case of Juju and picked in the first two rounds, during their first two seasons, half of them, 50%, produce at least one tw- top 24 or better PPR season. That's right. I and mean, that's, that's amazing, half. So I think if you draft a guy that, that's um, 21 and goes in the first or second round, you just have great odds of having this productive player. Guys that are on this list, i got to read some of these names. Amari Cooper, uh, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those are some great names. So – um, yeah, it's Juju for me. And in the startup draft I keep referring to, I, I picked up Juju. So, so Juju, we can finally make that connection with each other. I like it. I think that's a, I think that's a great, a great call. And, you know, I mean, you know, referring back to last week's podcast, Ryan, it sounds like you gave into the echo chamber a little bit there. You know, it's funny because Trey, what I did is I looked at into Juju. I, I just looked at the last part of his season and, you know, his number of targets he was getting and, and how he was performing and putting up numbers. And I, I just, you know, I know that's dangerous, but, you know, I, I like I like the eye test. He, he, he meets the eye test for me. And he had the production towards the end of the year. I think with Ben Ben coming back, I think his role in the offense is only going to grow. I, I just think that he's a guy that is at least fairly valued where, where you get him now. So, so yeah, I, I have, I don't know, I, I've been persuaded a little bit. And I think too, I, I wish I knew who said this, but I heard recently someone mention that when you're considering rookies that you should take into consideration their best year in college, not their most recent year. And that oftentimes you can kind of get duped into if they have an outstanding, say, sophomore season, and then their last year in college is their junior season and they don't do quite as well, that that can be a little bit of a detriment to drafting them. But it's, there's been so many instances. I'll be interesting to watch Equinemius St. Brown because he, I think, falls in that category where if you take into consideration his best season, um, you, you're going to think a lot more highly of him than if you can take into consideration his last season. So I, I wish I knew who had said that so I could give him credit, but it, it was something that I kind of just filed away to, to remember uh, moving forward. Well, the last time I heard that was on the Roto Underworld podcast this past week when they were talking about running backs. Because they were, I forget who they're specifically referencing. I think it might have been Nick Chubb uh, or Sony Michelle too. They're talking about his receiving yards and things like that, which is one of the things that gets me all riled up about Leonard Fournette when people talk about it. Because his soft, his true sophomore year, he averaged six and a half yards a carry on three hundred carries and had twenty two touchdowns. And I know that I, I feel like he's a very favorite character to hate, and I also a very easy guy to just tout but I it, it just boggles my mind his ankle injuries but anyway I don't want to go down that path too far and but looking at it the the guy that they brought up on a uh, an article here on player profiler and I want to give I want to give specific reference because I, I think it's necessary by Eric Lindbergh is Christian Kirk uh I think I think so he stayed an extra year which always is concerning when, when somebody stays in college next year versus coming out they're there for all four years 
But he, as an 18-year-old freshman, had 80 receptions for 1,009 yards and seven touchdowns, which in their metrics is a 93rd percentile, 18.8 years of age breakout age. Uh, and that's big. That's key to remember. I mean, because he's not a big dude. He's, he's a little guy comparatively to the NFL in, the, in that receiver role. And so I think he's going to be that steal after you're done. After you're done with, if you don't, if you've just got like a bad gut feeling about what running backs left on the board and your team, and again, based on team makeup, I think Christian Kirk is going to be, he could be that like next little, I think that next little Stefan Diggs type of character. All right. So misconnections. Who wants to go next? I, I can go. My, mine's going to be kind of quick here. I don't have a, a, a lot to expound on on these, these guys. There's actually two guys. They're very similar. They both are entering their third season in the NFL. And, and these guys, you know, by misconnections, like, you know, these are guys that have the potential to really explode as, as a true wide receiver one, not only on their NFL team, but in, in dynasty for your fantasy team. And that's Josh Doxson and Corey Coleman. Um, they're both guys that have really fluctuated uh, as far as their value is concerned in dynasty. And they're both guys that struggled with injuries. Um, also, both guys that are going to be undergoing quarterback changes with um, Alex Smith coming in to throw the ball to Josh Doxson and uh, to be determined coming in to throw the ball to Corey Coleman in Cleveland. Uh, but they're both guys that were selected in the first round uh, that particular year in the 2016 draft, uh, 15th and 22nd overall. Um, and both guys that, you know, there's that magical third year. And, and we can't forget that sometimes guys, their first two years uh, struggle to, to kind of acclimate. I mean, these guys both played, I believe, in the Big 12. And so, you know, the uh, Big 12, they, it's like defense is actually illegal in that conference. And so, you know, they're having to adjust to the defenses in the NFL but they're both very talented. Um, they both uh, have some great measurables and abilities. So I, I really think that the, those two guys have the opportunity this year to really uh, assert themselves as legitimate wide receivers in the NFL, and I'm excited to see what, what happens with them. And I think they're guys that are definitely you know players you could pick up without giving up a lot to. You know, with, with um, Alex Smith going to Washington, I think that hurts Dotson's value. And Corey Coleman with Gordon coming back, I think people are a little bit you know, sour on him. So I, I think they're guys that, that could potentially pay off for what you would have to give to get them. Will, what would you give for Dotson or uh, Corey Coleman, if anything? A steaming pile of – no. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've, never, I've not seen out either one of them. I haven't really thought about it too hard. I, I, don't, I just don't really want them. Are they buy- – I mean, so they're not buys. Are they, if you have them, do you hold them or do you try to sell them? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to include those guys for deals for like veterans. Uh like can you package a team that didn't do very well like Josh Doxson for it plus something or or you know Corey Coleman plus a little something for uh Doug Baldwin. All right, I can I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah, I have mixed feelings. I, I think there are holds for me. I don't think I want to go out and acquire either one of them, but I think it could pay off if you did. If you've got that conviction about Dotson or, or Corey Coleman. Um my biggest issue, and it's going to be a theme of this offseason, is the Browns. I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm done with them. I can't wait till Josh Gordon plays out this year and I hold him, and then he goes to a team that's actually good at football. You know, they could they could surprise you, though. If they, if they draft the right QB and if they um, – whether they take Saquon Barkley or let's say they wait and, and get like a Nick Chubb or something in the backfield to match with Duke Johnson, that offense could be good. Uh, so – I don't know. This may be the time where they turn it around. So you might want to have a little bit of faith in the Cleveland Browns. 
So you should grab all Browns and and Eric Ebron and have have a great time. Uh, well, well, your misconnection. We haven't heard from you yet. Whew. And it took me a little bit to think of this guy. As far as my misconnection, that I think that if I could go back in time and I was posting this and I was like, oh man, I loved you and left you, and I now this is this is not, you know, I, it was a mistake and I'm sorry. And that is for me is Larry Fitzgerald. I've had him and moved him in probably 85% of the dynasty leagues that I'm in. And let's say, I think, I think I'm in like nine. So let's say eight out of nine or, you know, nine out of 10 ish right around there. Every year I go through the ups and downs and by about week three, I'm posted on Craigslist looking for an older gentleman that had me swooned, but I ghosted him and now I regret it. He may even retire and I will still, and I will have lost out forever. I even had the opportunity to get him relatively cheap recently. And I still said, no, I'm sorry, Larry. If you can find it in your heart to forgive me and give me another chance, I'll probably move you before the season starts. <laughs> uh, I love it, Will. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's just, I just, I, I'm, I, I regret every time that I've traded him, and because what those last two years has been a WR one in PPR, and man, and he's a he's a guy you want to root for, but I can't help it. I, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like that DeAndre Hopkins thing, but like with an older player who still puts up monster stats. Yeah, he's just such a good guy. And he just keeps doing it. Man, he just keeps doing it. If you had a points per pro-am league, oof, oof. Yeah, bonus points for one of the pro-am. You, you crushed yeah. it. You crushed it. <laughs> it points per pro-am and points per six smoked. Jay Cuddy and Larry Fitzgerald. Speaking of Jay Cuddy, the next segment is Bad Girls. You know you shouldn't be interested, but there's just something about them, right? Um, uh, so this is this is our last category. It, you know, it's the, it's the bad girls, the bad girls in life that we've been interested in. Who do we equate them to? What what um, dynasty assets? So Trey, I, I, I look at the show sheet. I think I love your uh, dynasty crush for bad girls. Why don't you share it with us? Yeah. So this is a. This is some group love going on. This is a this is a whole you know uh, crazy party scene NC seventeen happening here, um, and it's between me <laughs> and the Bengals. The Bengals offense, man. I mean, I can't quit you. Uh, from Andy Dalton to Joe Mixon to AJ Green, I think all three of those guys for me are uh, for for the vast majority of dynasty owners. I think there are three guys that a lot of people are kind of souring on. Mixon probably is the one that people continue to have the most faith in. But, you know, our recency bias is is so strong that we forget that Andy Dalton – I mean, it's been a few years, but the guy had a quarterback five finish overall. Um, A.J. Green, the year before last, before was injured, was the wide receiver one in fantasy. Uh, these are guys that are immensely talented. Joe Mixon is a guy that has the talent to be a top 10 NFL draft pick and really kind of slid to the second round because of his character concerns. So all three of these guys last year had an incredibly horrible season due to the offensive line and uh, just the, the head coach, the front office are a disaster. Um, in, in what I believe is one of the fairly under – rated maybe just underreported moves of the off season. The Bengals hired the former offensive line coach from the Dallas Cowboys 
that produced uh, top end offensive lines there in Dallas. And I do believe that there's going to be a commitment with the new offensive line coach. Um, I believe that there's going to be a commitment to shoring up the offensive line, bringing in whether it be the draft or free agency. And so I think that these three guys, um, all three of them are guys in startups and in existing dynasty leagues that I want to acquire more shares of because all three of them, uh, especially in Superflex, I mean, Andy Dalton is so cheap right now. I think in startups, he's going like around quarterback 25. And this is a guy that legitimately could finish as a top 15 quarterback next year. And it wouldn't surprise me. Like that's not his ceiling. I mean, his ceiling is top six quarterback. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there in that offense, which is uh, definitely some bad girls. Yeah. Just yourself talking to, talking to, uh, talking yourself into them. Like, Oh, I got to take them. I got to just take these guys. They're just, they're going to be there for me. They're going to be my everything. And then they steal your rent money. And, and if you, I've started to obsess with mock drafts, NFL drafts, and I know I shouldn't. It's a waste of time, especially there's just so much with that. Before free agency, NFL mock drafts are, are worthless, right? But the ones I've been reading, it's offensive line help all the time. So you read that and you're like, well, they've got to get better. You know, Dalton's going to be better. Mixon's going to have holes to run through because they're going to invest heavily in the drafts and offensive linemen or in free agency. So that just feeds into it, and you, and you want to pick those guys up. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, definitely bad girls. Definitely uh, they're tempting, but you just shouldn't be interested because there's a lot of evidence that uh, it may backfire on you. Will, what about you? Who's your – You can wake up in a bathtub missing a kidney. <laughs> that's right uh i think there's a good a quick little story about the bad girl or about joe mixon specifically because i had a 12 team ppr league that i offered carlos hyde samaj p ryan des bryant and the 203 for joe mixon and it got rejected thought that was a pretty good uh overpay and it was shot down relatively quickly with no with no comment which is fine i'm not i'm not upset about it but like that's the the bad girls idea is like i was hooked you know and hopefully, you know, maybe it'll turn out good. Maybe it'll turn out bad. But it does bring me to, to my bad girl, and it is Samaj Piran. I don't know what's wrong with me, uh, and I, I think it might be the bias where I distinctly remember watching him crush out that that rushing record as a true freshman at Oklahoma against Kansas. Right after Melvin Gordon, I believe it was two freshman, could be Richard, but anyway, uh, right after Melvin Gordon, Gordon had just said it, and. He looked so good. I know Kansas was terrible at the time, but still, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to set rushing records against terrible teams. So I, I was trying to put together an argument to why, why he's not that, that bad. And uh, so if you go just, for, just look at some counting stats here and, and watch him, I think he got better. But uh, I'm not going to go film. I'm just going to go real quick. So he had 603 yards rushing, but he had 22 catches for 182 yards, which is big for him because he's never been seen as the receiving back. And so – he only really played in 12 games. He had a lot of zero carries for zero games. And I think so if you take that out of the equation as well, along with he got benched a couple times and he had a major he had some concerns of fumbling and was nervous. So the last seven full games he played last year, I mean it's a little bit up and down, but if I'm gonna put these together, if you took those numbers, he would have had 971 rush yards, averaged out over 16 games, with 347 receiving yards, which is huge for Smash P. Ryan. This is why it's a trap though. I think he looked good. I liked watching him. And I can create a pseudo number, uh, pseudo number argument just like I did. But at the end of the day, I cannot tell you that he is a great buy. I cannot confidently give advice to my friends 
and to you guys that Samaje Piran is a dude you need to invest in. And I think that's why I just can't quit you, Samaje. And that's why you're you're just like you are my bad girl. Yeah, and obviously the problem with Samaje, you look at those statistics. You know, those good numbers were when Chris Thompson was, uh, you know, a- after he was out for the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I uh, It's funny because I think, well, did I trade him to you in either one or two leagues as part of deals? So I was like, I got to, I got to, I got to acquire another one. Even though, even, even after I wrote this, I still bought him. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, he, he showed some flashes, had a couple of good games. So I'm like, I gotta get out while I can. I'm just going to cut my losses while I can. <laughs> and I, and I sold them to you. And I still, he, I mean, he could still be the starting running back in Washington. And if he can recover and he can be that, you know, two down running back and, and then Chris Thompson's the third down back, I, I think P Ryan still has some value. I just worry that Washington's going to draft someone um, and he's going to be replaced. Uh, yeah, Trey, what you- I'm nervous about that too, but it, could he not be the Jordan Howard of Washington? He's not Jordan Howard. I mean, he just right, he's better, he's, but it's, you know, he's, he's not. Um, unfortunately, Trey, what do you what do you think about um, Samaje? Oh man, I'm pretty neutral about Samaje Piran. I'm just not sure um, that uh, you know Chris Thompson. I think has a pretty solidified role there in the passing game, and um, he, he's just not a guy that I'm real big on. He's probably not a guy that I'd buy. Uh, it's likely whoever owns him probably believes in him a little bit more than me. And um, so he, he's probably not a guy that I'm going to acquire in, uh, in too many places or, or even kick the tires on to be completely honest. You know, what I have to say about your bad girls gentlemen is that they potentially could become valuable dynasty assets. Well, well my dynasty crush, my bad girl has zero chance of this practically um, because because <laughs> this guy, he t- Taylor Gabriel, all five foot eight inches, 168 pounds of him. There's absolutely no reason on the planet for me to love Taylor Gabriel. But for whatever reason, I just have this like image stuck in my mind of uh, 2016. I, I must have forgotten about it, but I must have been playing some DFS and had him in my lineup when he had that one big game. He had that one game. You know, four for 75, two touchdowns, had one rush for 27 yards on the ground. And I must have won big time. I must have won like thousands of dollars. But I'm like, Taylor Gabriel's the best fantasy asset ever because he's clearly not. Um, he had that good stretch in 2016. But even in 2016 with that good stretch, he was wide receiver 56 overall. <laughs> Most receiving yards in a game, 82. Most receptions in a game, five. He's done it three times. He did have the game where he scored two TDs. But but basically, he's he's just a guy that can make a big play every once in a while. I, I think coming into the year, I thought, okay, he's going to step up his game. But, you know, Steve Sarkeesian came in and, and kind of killed chances of that. He's an undrafted free agent. I guess he could do something. But for whatever reason, I own him in a couple of leagues, and I'm always thinking when I'm making deals, like, maybe I can get that guy to throw in Taylor Gabriel where I don't have him. I don't know what it is. I don't know why <laughs> I love him. But I, 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 yeah. it's so weird, right? The other person's looking their chops like, oh, he wants to add Taylor Gabriel to put this over the top? Like fist pumping in the background. <laughs> That's yeah, a part yeah. of it, right? It makes me want, even if you're talking about him, uh, I'm like, ooh, maybe I could get Taylor Gabriel on the cheap. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I could get – that's the thing. That's why they're the bad girls because the more you talk about them, the more you want them. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Taylor Gabriel, the more you talk about him. Um 
I mean, he, you know, he, he can flash. I mean, he, he could, you know, have one game where I guess, I guess it's like, he's like the end of your bench guy and you're like desperate. Like you're, you're playing against the guy that, that has like Le'Veon going and, and DeAndre Hopkins and, and you've got your best players on by, but you're like at the end of my bench, I got Taylor Gabriel. I can put him in. And if he's that one game <laughs> of the year, you know, that one catch for 80 yards and a touchdown, maybe I can stay in this matchup this week. Yeah. This is his day. Yeah, I don't get it. But anyway, I kind of like him still. <laughs> Next week, guys, Superflex Rookie Draft 2018 Rookies with Tim Torch at Tim NFL confirmed to come on the show. So that's going to be a fun show. Um, but do we want to say anything before uh, for next week? We, you know, I want to mention Fantasy Gambit. Again, fantasygambit.com. Check out that app. Sign up for the beta. It's going to be awesome. I think you're going to love it. Fill out a survey. It's going to be pinned on our Twitter, at FFJoes. A review, we are, um, you can rank us everywhere. We'd like that. You can, you can get a T-shirt if you do it on time. And anything else to mention, gentlemen? You're going to want to tune in next week. Because I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of research on these rookies or next next, next podcast. Because there's going to be some crushes that are going to come out, and I'm going to get real riled up. And it's going to be great because it's super flex, man. We were talking about this off air with the the quarterbacks in this rookie draft class that potentially could go high, with uh, you know some really good looking uh, potential um, running backs, uh, some intriguing wide receivers. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, join us next week. You know where to find us. We come out you weekly on Fridays with new episodes. We want you to subscribe. Leave us a review. Get a t-shirt. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joe. We got Gabriel. We got P-Ride. We got the Bengals. And they're breaking your heart. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but I was in an honors choir in high school. So I was, I was also Will Parker in Oklahoma. Are you serious? Because so, yeah. I was I was in Oklahoma too. I was I was Ali Hackam, the the salesman, and I went to chorus camp in high school. Choo 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 choo. Yeah. Okay. Where what what are your vocal vocal credentials, Trey Barrett? Zero. None. <laughs> I was re- I was uh, I was asked to record the voicemail at the Advanced Cardiac Care Clinic that I work. <laughs>